Hey guys. Before we get into this episode, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who has already pre-ordered The Sicilian Inheritance. So many of you have, have done it. It's incredible. And we are about to hit a big pre-order milestone. I'm not really supposed to talk about the numbers, but it's a big one. And we are a couple hundred orders away. So I'm just putting it out there one more time. Order The Sicilian Inheritance and you're going to get a free lifetime subscription to the Over the Influence newsletter forever. Forever. It's like an $80 value. It's great. Anyway, thank you, thank you to everyone who's already done it. We couldn't do this without our listeners. That's how word of this book is getting out, and I just really appreciate you all. Okay, now on to our regularly scheduled programming. The words and definitions that we use to describe women are often not inclusive. And for a long time, I think that a lot of definitions of womanhood and, and motherhood have been used to pit women against one another. My guest today wants to change that. Neha Roosh is on a mission to update the perception of stay-at-home motherhood in America. Yes, because when you think of stay-at-home moms, whether you are one or whether you are not one, whether, and I like to say, a work-at-home mom, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Because pop culture has not done these women any favors. It hasn't. It really hasn't. It has perpetuated this myth of someone who sits home and watches soaps and eats bonbons. Yes, I am thinking about Peggy Bundy. God, I fucking loved Married with Children. My parents let me watch a lot of TV. We watch an, a lot of inappropriate television. And there was just, there was a lot of Married with Children on in my house. Sidebar, Neha Roosh is trying to redefine stay-at-home motherhood in America by infusing it with ambition, dignity, growth, and potential. For a long time, we have been told that we should lean in, that we should be a girl boss, that we should also be doing all of the things. But what if you want to be ambitious about motherhood? What if you want to be ambitious about staying in the home? And what if you want to do that for a little while, for a pause, for a season of your life? Shouldn't you then be able to have a different season in a few years? All women contain multitudes. We can be many, many things, and we can be ambitious about many, many things. We do have seasons in our life of which, hey, I want to be ambitious about being a mom right now. And then I want to be fucking ambitious about being an astronaut or an author or a plumber or something else, right? We have options. We have choices. And that is what Neha's platform, Mother Untitled, wants to talk about. Mother Untitled is striving to help the world see stay-at-home mothers as the dynamic and evolving professionals that they are so that women can choose a chapter of family life with pride. They are working to evolve cultural perceptions of staying at home with your children and also the workplace to make it easier for women to take time to be with their children and then come back into the workplace. Other countries have done this. This is not new. This is not reinventing the wheel. Your career does not have to end. Your ambition does not have to die because you have children and you choose to spend time raising them. Things can change. Of course, we're probably gonna have to change them because women be doing all the work. 
I am Neha Roosh. I am a mother to two kids who are both wonderful and hard and all the things. I live in New York with a dog, Coconut, and my husband. And I run a platform called Mother Untitled, which I started after a decade in brand and advertising and MBA from Stanford when I chose to pause my career. And I was sort of gallant-smacked by the societal stigma about what it means to be an ambitious woman and take a career break. And I was looking around, I was meeting all these incredible women uh, in New York, but really everywhere who were, you know, they had clocked in 10 years in their career. They had equitable relationships with their partner. They were trying out consulting. They were taking a break, but feeling confident in their church. And none of it matched the sort of June Cleaver archetype of the stay-at-home mother. And meanwhile, this was like, you know, let's say eight years ago. So it was the height of the lean-in movement, the girl boss era. And there was nothing in media sort of speaking to or elevating the ambitious woman choosing to lean into family life. So I started Mother Untitled then. There's obviously an irony in building a platform while you're pausing. So, you know, so there's not. There, yeah, no, I don't I don't think there is an irony. I think, you know, it's we we have different seasons and we you know, who defines what a pause is? I'm I'm pausing from corporate America, but I want to do something else that's fulfilling, right? Exactly right. And that was, you know, I think that's the new narrative that we're presenting that, you know, even if someone takes, there's sort of this new collective narrative that we want to assemble that's made up of so many multi-hyphenated women who might be taking sort of a literal break from their traditional career, but are still growing and exploring and staying connected in ways that were sort of unimaginable 50 years ago. Um, so that's the nature of the platform now. And I have a book coming out in January of 2025 called The Power Pause. I think this is so important because what we're doing is blowing up cultural stereotypes that are so ingrained in us that, yes, you had this great career. You got this MBA from Stanford. You were doing all of the things that women of our generation were told to do work-wise. You lean in. And if you're not leaning in, I think we've been told by our culture and by society, you're kind of a failure. Mm -hmm. If you're not leaning into the corporate world. And frankly, the corporate world has done most of us dirty. Like I, I cannot, every job that I have had treats women like shit. And so it's not just mothers, it's women generally. But we've been told if we don't embrace that, then we're not ambitious. We're we're not we're not we're not living up to our potential. And for me, that has created such such a division between mothers who are working inside the home and mothers who are working outside of the home that is just toxic and gross. I want to hear what you think about that. Well, I mean, if you I think if you go one step further, I think we are made to feel like we're letting down other women somehow when we, um, if we choose to pause or downshift, right? Like we're not um, holding up our end of the bargain with the feminist movement. And I think some of those tropes are the most damaging, that if you choose to sort of part with the traditional metrics of success 
feminism, so economic gain, um, career status, you're, you're not upholding your end of the bargain. I want to dig in a little bit to the mommy wars, this fabricated division between women who work inside the home and, and women who work outside the home. I think it's just a false notion that was created by the media to, once again, pit women against one another. I mean, you're exactly right. That's, And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's, in essence, what it came down to is that in, you know, it was really the advent of television and advertising. It is as simple as that, that, you know, at a moment in time when post-World War II, women had had the experience of stepping into the workforce and, and working for pay because of the war. And then suddenly they were sort of thrust back to their normal day to day. And women started to raise their hands and say, wait a second, like that doesn't actually work for us. We want to work for pay. And that became this wave of feminism that was considered modern and progressive. But yet there was obviously still women in the home that represented the wide majority back then. And it was the advent of advertising and dishwashers and washing machines. So suddenly we see these images of women teetering around in heels and aprons, serving their children platter of cookies, serving their husband their cocktail at the end of the day. And that became the archetype and caricature that was associated with women in the home. And that became pinned this idea of traditionalism. So suddenly we had these two divisions when in reality, there was always much more women in between. But media loves conflict. Media loves conflict between women. That has they been the love truth. conflict between women. And One so of my... began the stay-at-home and working mother mommy wars were two sides that had much more in common than they were being portrayed to um, were pitted against each other. They were. They were. And, you know, I, one of my favorite examples of how the media loves to pit women against women, and, and there's so many examples, actually, of when I was an entertainment reporter. And actually, from, there's, there are examples from entertainment reporting and also political reporting, because let's be honest, they're one and the same at this point. But any time we would do a story about a show of women, Sex in the City, The View, all the editors wanted was the feud. Who's being bitchy to who? Who's being catty to who? And they manufactured these feuds most of the time. Same thing when I was covering Hillary Clinton running for president. It was always about, ooh, what woman in Hillary's camp is turning on her? We don't talk like this about men. We don't pit men against one another ever like this. No, and I think that we, you know, I, I think where we can take some responsibility is that the other side of this is very deeply personal, right? I think motherhood is deeply personal. So if we are absorbing messages from the media that says there are sides and then it quickly becomes well, which side is better for the family than the other, right? And then it starts to cut deep. And so we, you know, we saw all of this, these research and statements that started floating around being saying that, well, if there was a parent in the home, it, um, it was better outcomes for the child. And then there was sort of the opposite view, which was that actually 
parents working out of the home secured a more ambitious sensibility for the children. And by making it about the kids, it became so deeply personal that women started to dig their heels in and and really um, feel resentful toward another. When in reality, the single thing that we know through science and research, it's that children are safe and happy and healthy if they're in a healthy home where one parent is a loving, steady force, whether they work in or out of the home. That's what we know to be true. So Totally. totally. And what, or one caregiver. It doesn't have to be their parent either. One, one caregiver, right? Like as long as a kid feels safe and as long as they are taken care of, they're going to be good. It doesn't, good. it doesn't matter if you're working at home, if you're working outside of the home. I think you I think you can also and this is another false notion that came out of these mommy wars when we started hearing oh well you have to work outside the home otherwise your kids are never going to learn ambition. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Shut up. So, you know there's the reality is it's the same thing, right? It's women trying to defend their choices when in reality we can just say we made the right choice for us and our family for right now. It immediately de-weaponizes. You put down your arms the moment you make that choice about yourself and your family as opposed to better outcomes for your child. And so I would say, yes, the media is responsible for sort of inflaming these wars and then perpetuating these tropes and these statements. But it's on us to start to have these conversations where we say we're making the unique choice that works for us. And by the way, they are, we're all, there's so many more of us that are in between than not. And There's, that's where I see, you know, when I think about our mission, yes, it's about changing the narrative about women on career pauses so that they get the respect and support they need both in and out of the workforce. But really, the end of it is also dismantling these very antiquated black and white notions of stay-at-home and working mother. Because when we start to lean into this idea of the gray area, we can more fluidly shift in our career to make the right choices for right now, but we also start to put down the artwork between each other. Totally, totally. I mean, I do, I think that this calls for a whole new wave of feminism where we're respecting other women's choices and where we are working together to carve out a new way of being in both the world and in the workforce, because corporate America was created for men by men. And we're also seeing a dismantling of corporate America. As we speak right now, there are layoffs at nearly every media organization in the world. Hundreds of people in my line of work are being laid off. We are all going to have to adapt to a new workplace. And because of that, this is a big opportunity to make the workplace adapt to mothers. It's a long road, but we're seeing that sort of cultural reexamination happen right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to hear a little bit more about your journey, about your journey from the corporate world, from getting an MBA to really leaning into motherhood and then creating your own platform. Under the Influence is brought to you by Quince. Quince. It rhymes with Prince, which I love because I am a huge Prince fan and also a very big Quince fan. 
So Quince is where I now go for a lot of different luxury essentials. They're really great clothing and home goods, all at really affordable prices. Now here is the funny thing about Quince. I knew they might be coming on as a sponsor for the show, and so I started mentioning it to my friends. Because we don't do host-read things that we don't love. Apparently, all of my friends have been like these secret Quince users, but they haven't been telling me about it. They're like, oh yeah, these pants are from Quince, and this awesome blazer, and this really affordable cashmere sweater. And I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me this? Apparently, everyone else has been buying a lot of Quince and just not sharing. Not sharing. Sharing is caring, friends. Come on, tell me when you get something great. I am not a secret Quince fan. I fucking love these guys. I do. They offer an insanely wide range of high-quality items at prices that are not going to kill you. They're not. Their prices are within reach, like the 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters, from $50. They're like 80% cheaper than similar brands. Quince has also done a really good job of partnering directly with top factories, and they've cut out the cost of the middleman and passed the savings on to us, which is a good thing. Another good thing is that they only work with factories that are safe, ethical, and responsible. Fancy that, right? Right? I recently ordered two pairs of pants from them because I'm doing more of the working out or at least putting on the clothes that I might work out in. So I ordered their yoga pants and their joggers. And these joggers are so comfortable that I did not take them off for many days. Many days. And maybe that is gross. Or maybe it's just because they're that comfortable. Kept wearing them. Kept wearing them, my friends. They were cozy and soft and I just wanted to live in them. And the yoga pants made my butt look very, very good. It made my butt look much more like a 30-year-old butt and not like a 40-year-old lady butt. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Frankly, they look a lot better than the very expensive athleisure brands that I've been buying for way too long. So I think that you should do what I'm doing and give yourself the luxury that you deserve. You deserve it. We talk about this all the time. You deserve nice things. Go to quince.com slash influence. For free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That is quince, rams with prince.com slash influence. For free shipping and 365 day returns. That's a very long time. Very long time. Quince.com slash influence. Get yourself something nice. Okay, now we are also going to talk about what you should put under your clothes, under them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. This is more honey love love. Honey love. Honey love shapewear. I adore these guys. Many of you have seen my author photo in which I'm wearing honey love shorts on the bottom, which you, you can't see because they're under actual pants. But on the top, I'm wearing the honey love bra underneath the blazer. And you can see my belly and my boobs look so good. I'm just wearing the bra. The bra looks so good. I am wearing it in my author photo. Some people don't love that, I'm going to tell you, but I love it, and I think I look really hot. I do. The bras are great for a lot of reasons, mostly because they don't have that uncomfortable underwire, but they're still very supportive. They pick my floppy old lady boobs right up and just right up. They put them where they need to be, okay? Honey Love Shapewear shorts are revolutionary, and I've told you this before. 
because of many, many things. They like suck me in and pull me up so I look all like tight and nice. But also they have a hole so I don't have to take them off to pee. And they go up and down with ease. Many, many shapewear brands do not do that. So treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash influence. Once again, you can use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash influence. And after you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our little show and tell them that we sent you. And we are back. We're back. Guess what happened while we were literally just on a little break right there? Um, your chats came in and told you he had a fever or she had a fever. No, but because I would ignore that right now. Oh. Um, the New York Times just confirmed that they're gonna review that they're gonna review the Sicilian inheritance. I'm so happy for you. Well, I mean, I'm happy, but I'm fucking terrified because no, stop. I'm terrified. Terrified. You know the book has died. I mean, not that I've read it. I'm waiting for my for my copy. It's on its it, way. It's on its way. But yeah, no. I mean, this like this literally happened like while we were like pausing for one second. Do you want to take a beat and just like no smile and do a happy dance? I mean, no. I'll do one. I'll, I mean, I'm happy. I'm, I'm like this was fun. This was fun to get to tell you. So. Um, oh yeah so all right so we're gonna we're gonna now that now that we talked about my exciting news we're gonna start out with a quote from from you the common assumption is that we get soft as mothers yes motherhood made me softer but it also made me stronger it's a powerful combination with a wild amount of potential mm. i love that I, I love hearing you say it all <laughs> I mean, I'll do dramatic readings of all all of your quotes. All Please, of them. maybe you should read my audiobook. Oh, happily, I will happily read your audiobook. I'd love it. But I think that's so true because we're not soft. We're not fucking soft. It makes me think so much about how I'm better at everything that I do after being a mom. I am a multitasking god mm. now, and I would mm-hmm. if I I. I haven't written a resume in so long. And if I if I have to again, which I probably will because media is crumbling down around us, I'm going to write on it. I am a multitasking god. I love that for you. I really do. And I would actually add to that because it's interesting. I would add that I'm beyond the sort of efficiency gained in multitasking. I know how to ruthlessly prioritize. Right? Ru- like, ruthlessly ruthlessly and um, that's the sort of when i talk about softness it's less about like i'm warm and fuzzy and more about a real parting with ego and a real clarity on what's important um, and i think that that clarity on what's important and that perspective gained in parenting is like I said, just a dangerous combination with all the other skills, both that you had from your previous work life and the skills that you gain in parenting, right? Like, I have so much patience now. I mean, I could be more patient. I could 100% be more yes, patient. We could all but, be more patient. But I have a lot more patience with people babbling because have you ever heard a seven-year-old child tear and tell you a story? Like, you know, if you can sit through that, you can sit through someone on a Zoom. 
like, you know, trying to make a point. I'm also a better boss now, to be honest, because I I still manage people when I'm working on my podcasts, not a hundred people like I did mm-hmm. when I was working at a magazine, but I do still do management tasks. And if they're listening to this, they're going to be like, no. But I think I, I I actually think they'd say yes. I'm I think that I'm better at managing people. I'm more empathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, I I really try to think about people's needs in a way that I did not prior to having kids. And again, this is not to say that mothers are better at anything, but I'm different. I'm different mm-hmm. and these skills are good skills and they matter and going back into the workplace, managing things, I'm running podcasts, I'm creating a podcast production company now. I'm I'm better at work and I wish that corporate America saw that pause as something really beneficial that they're getting someone that's coming back with new skills with great skills and they should embrace those mothers who then want to come back into the workforce instead of penalizing them mm-hmm. you know the goal would be to get to a place i think it's april wren who's a futurist and she wrote the word or uh, the book flux and she presents this idea of a career portfolio and that's not linear anymore and it's really a sort of an assembly of different experiences, traditional and non-traditional, that contribute to what you bring to the workplace. And that's the goal state, right? That's the goal state that the employer wants to see, sort of that full range of experiences, because you better believe that as soon as I left, just as if, you know, when you leave, I always reference brand and advertising because it's what I know, but if you leave an ad agency, it's applauded if you go in-house, right? Or you go into a startup because you're gaining different perspectives of what it means to be on the client side. In that same way, you know, when you're navigating like real life and you're dealing with the advocacy on behalf of your children and you're volunteering in school systems or whatever it is you're doing as you're navigating parenthood, you are adding experiences to that portfolio. And it's just women... And men, by the way, men constitute one in five stay-at-home parents right now. So, and the sad thing is I know that as more men choose to pause, there's just an actual new attention paid to the topic, right? Um, Absolutely. So I mean, that's going to be interesting yes, from a, yes, from a if cultural it were, perspective. Well, and I can say this because I, I did a lot of reporting in Sweden and in mm-hmm. Europe when I was reporting on my book, How to Be Married, mm-hmm. where they do give parental leave to fathers, where fathers do pause their careers more regularly and sometimes for a year at a time. And there is a respect for these dads when they come mm-hmm. back into the workforce. And so, yes, mm-hmm. if if we just find a way to normalize it, to talk about it the way that you are on Mother Untitled, then I think we can finally start to shift cultural attitudes. I believe that. And so much of it is just having conversations like these and and saying it out loud and elevating, empowering other women to do the same. You know, if you really peel back the layers on so many highly visible women, they have taken their own pauses and their own downshifts, but they buried them for so long. So, you know, taking it out from the shadows and really creating a power to it and a, a platform for it does normalize the nonlinear. 
Norm- normalize and also celebrate it. Mm-hmm. I would I would not say that my career my career has been anything but linear since I started having kids. I had Charlie and I was freelancing and writing books and starting to do podcasts, but also I barely had childcare and mm-hmm. was cobbling it all together and trying to figure it out and I've jumped from consulting to full-time just writing my books to full-time making my podcasts for iHeart. I've I've done so many things that wouldn't be considered climbing any corporate ladder. But I've also even though I have childcare and I I have all these things, I've been with my kids so much. I'm mm-hmm. here. I'm doing pickups and drop-offs and doctor's appointments and getting to spend great time with them. And that has meant leaning out of traditional corporate America. But, and 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 maybe I wouldn't be defined as a massive success in corporate America. I'm not the magazine editor I thought I was going to be. But I really like the life I've created for myself. Mm. And I think so many women like the lives they've created for themselves and have been made to feel ashamed for it. Tell me a little bit more about who you were before you had kids. Oh, thank you for asking, because that part of me did not go away. And I say this to all the women who took career pauses or shifts. That is such a valid part of your experience still. And it doesn't just evaporate. So I was um, a child who immigrated from India to Acton, Massachusetts, a tiny little town. And uh, how, old, how old were you when you immigrated? I was just about four. Okay. You were little. I was really little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that town, but I, I struggled a lot. I struggled with um, belonging. I was, you know, a ch- an immigrant in an all-white town. And, and the reason that's relevant is because you know, I really struggled to fit in in my in my teens and and acted out to sort of dismantle all the stigmas or about what it means to be Indian. And, you know, ended up saying, wait a second, I really need to revisit who I am without all of this noise and without the desperate desire to fit. What would I be like if I took myself out of this mm-hmm. and went somewhere where I do fit and figure out so that I could figure out what's really true? And I took a year off between high school and college. I went to India. I taught and I came back and I felt so ready. I felt so clear on who I was because I'd taken myself out. And I would say that was my first sort of parting with the path, right? And and probably the first moment of recognition that there was value in that. Um, but I came back with a chip on my shoulder that I was going to prove to everyone that I was successful and could be successful. And so I got a lot of value and ego and redemption in my career, which I built in uh, in digital strategy, like at the time where mom blogs were nascent in 2006 and um, clocked in about a decade between advertising and brand strategy in-house. And I went to Stanford, which was a goal of mine to um, go to business school there. And I came back and something just wasn't, like, it didn't feel like enough. And then I had my first son. And I was rocking with him in this white rocking chair. And I remember just thinking, oh, I don't have to try so hard with him. And I think I felt a wave of relief that I had been missing for a long time. And that is the reason I paused. And probably why I make such a big deal of saying women should claim their choices for themselves and not make it about their kids. 
I didn't choose to pause or downshift my career because I thought it was better for my son. I did it for myself because I knew I was better. And then by nature of that, I was better for him. Um, and so initially I downshifted two days a week um, consulting and then the rest of the time at home with him. And it was in that time in shedding ego and opening up my world to new women that it compelled me to start what I'm working on now. And what you're working on now, Mother Untitled, is brilliant. It is. You are redefining what it means to take a career pause, to make the decision to be a mother who is not in the corporate world and for a season of your life. Also, maybe forever, but for a season, because life is long. Life is long, man. As I was looking around, I was meeting all of these incredible women who, like myself, were making conscious choices to make room for family life. Some of them were pausing fully. Some of them were downshifting into freelance. Some of them were starting their own businesses. And I, yet I was sort of gobsmacked by the stigma of what it means to part with the quote-unquote ambitious. I had women saying to me, you know, what are you going to do all day? Are you bored? Are you giving up? By the way, someone said, you took a spot at Stanford for someone who could have done something with it. I mean, it really was this incredible. I hate that person, by the way. Like, if I ever meet that person, I'm going to punch them in the fucking face. And was it a man or a woman? I always hate this part. It was a woman. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I think it goes back to what we were talking about. It's been, it's cultural conditioning and... The point was they had been served up a series of trips, right? And that you asked me why. My why was I had this strength and clarity for the first time in my life to say like, no, that doesn't work for me. I know that this was the right choice for me, even if it doesn't look right to you. And so for for that reason, I looked around and realized all these other incredible women who didn't match the stereotype we're also facing these stigmas and I wanted a place on the internet that represented and supported women who were breaking with the path, who are making their own ambitious choices, who deserve to be recognized and seen for being dynamic and evolving and in one chapter of a very, very long career journey. Um, and so that's how it started. It really started as a project exploring what this new version of leaning into family life looked like in a sea of a lot of content at that point that was really traditional, geared towards the traditional working parent. That's how it started. And what is it now? If you were to come to the platform, you would see, you know, certainly a lot of thought leadership on Instagram. Really, I use that forum. I use all social channels to really just change the conversation, to bring together a group of women and on the daily reframe notions of success, of ambition, of finances, give them permission to see themselves as modern, growing human beings during this stage of life and to understand and validate their work. However, if you go to this site, which is where we really take our community and harness this sort of collective of women um, to change the conversation. We really deliver on the promise of, 
you can unlock the potential of this stage of life to grow by offering flex jobs, boards, mentorship and coaching. Um, and soon we're going to have um, a place for women to connect in cohorts and trade resources among each other. I mean, just changing the world. This is this is what women do. We just we just fix the broken world that men have left have left for us. Well, and I think that we have to we understand each other's nuance. I mean, I often say that even like if you come to our export directory right now, the export directory is basically a Rolodex of women I've vetted who are advisors, relationship therapists, um, career coaches, resume writers, but I vetted them for having the lived experience of having paused or downshifted themselves. And the reason why it was so important to me to have that resource is because I never wanted a woman to go to, let's say, a financial advisor to say, I'm having trouble figuring out how to communicate to my partner that I, we share this household income. How do I get the language to do that? I never want her to feel shame and stigma in that room, right? And so the only way to sort of create these spaces for each other is to bring our own experience and our own lived experience so that we can share it with one another and learn from one another. So I do believe women, um, you know, this whole concept of women supporting women isn't just a token hashtag. Like we are the only ones who understand the nuance of motherhood and and what it means to walk through this stage of life with a sense of empowerment in our choices. I I need to use the expert uh, list. Do you think I could find someone who can help me decide whether or not I should do an LLC or an S corp? You know what I do. I, we have a lawyer there that would be super helpful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Women helping women. Women helping women. Oh, you're the best. No, you are. I mean, I think we are, we're all changing this conversation. I told you, Joe, I've been so in awe of you since the first season because what you did, I think there's so many parallels with how we judge mom influencers um, and how we judge stay-at-home parents, right? We sort of, we like don't recognize the economic worth of these groups of people. Um, and that they're real people with very nuanced, complicated, real um, lives. And I think um, you sort of unpack that nuance and complexity and reality. And I, I just loved the way you did that. And I hope I bring an ounce of that sort of like care and intellectual curiosity to this conversation. Um, you, to you totally do. You totally do. Everybody, everybody needs to be following you. Tell people where they can find you. You can follow us at Mother Untitled on Instagram or come to the site to sign up for our subscriber community. It's free for newsletter subscribers and you get the Flex Jobs board and the expert directory and a toolkit of downloadable templates to help you feel confident in this stage of life. That's all we've got for today. You can follow Neha at Mother Untitled. She puts up such great shit. Like it's just, it makes you think every day. And it's awesome even if you're not a mother, even if you're just a woman who lives in the world who wants to think about how to make the world better for other women. I think that's most of us. I do. I do. Neha and I have been talking about doing a very cool 
Sicilian inheritance party together that will involve a lot of cheese and wine and arancini and cannoli. So keep an eye out for that because we just, we want to get a lot of cool women into a room eating delicious food and talking about feminism and murder mysteries, right? Yeah, that sounds like my perfect night. As always, you get our Substack over the influence for free, for free. We do so many cool book giveaways. There's some, you know, halfway decent stuff written by me on there. You get it for free for life when you pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance and DM me a receipt. Just stalk me. Stalk me to get it to me and I will sign you up for life and you will join this coven of women that I am creating. Love all of you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. I do. Now go have a great day.